0: I am back. A very warm welcome to all my wonderful listeners and viewers on Bin Bag Banta with C Butt. Today we are on episode number thirteen, where we shall be talking about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected the hospitality industry. And I do have a very very special guest with me on Bin Bag Banta today, uh, who has been kind enough to share his views, his thoughts on this topic. And yes, you guys are in for a treat with this interview. But before we get there, my episode number 12 of Bin Bag Banca was all about mothers' unconditional love for their children. Now, this topic was rather a touchy one, at least for myself. I did share some of my childhood memories with you all and i would like to say a big thank you to all those of you who did get in touch with me um, for your kind words and your kind contributions on my topics of discussion you all are the best and if you have not subscribed to my youtube channel i wonder what you're waiting for i really wonder what are you waiting for i need you to go and subscribe to my channel right away it's bin bag banter that is the only way you will be able to keep up to date with all the latest that i have in store for you only on bin bag banter with Bunsi Putt. well we have so much to talk about the covid 19 pandemic and how it has Turned our lives upside down, be it positively or negatively. It really depends on how you look at it, right? As I did mention earlier, that some of uh, there are some industries that were hit hard overnight uh, due to this pandemic. And correct me if I'm wrong to say that the hospitality and the tourism industries were most definitely the major ones. Strategies to flatten the COVID-19 curve, such as community lockdowns, social distancing, stay-at-home orders, travel and mobility restrictions have resulted in temporary closure of many hospitality businesses and significantly decreased the demand for businesses that were allowed to continue to operate. Overnight borders were closed, All flights were suspended, local and international both. Hotels, restaurants all had to shut down overnight. Hospitality businesses were expected to make substantial changes to their operations in the COVID-19 business environment in order to ensure employees and customers' health and safety. Today on Bin Bag Banter, I would like to touch on some of the key elements Uh, that were gathered in the hospitality industry during the pandemic. Well, of course, it's not rocket science to understand that hospitality and food service businesses are the most common casualties when there is a global outbreak. One of the most important elements to look into is most definitely open communication. As much as it is tough for everyone, It is only right to keep your employees, your clients, your suppliers in the loop as to what your next step is going to be. Open communication will always give a sense of assurance to your team that we are in this together and we shall overcome this together. Another very important element to consider is cooperation. Teamwork, well, During this period, companies not only in the hospitality industry, but also in other industries uh, should cooperate and work together as a team as opposed to seeing each other as competition. It's all about, I help you, you help me. That should be the motto. This is where teamwork and brainstorming will help with innovation and new ideas of survival. In the hospitality industry and any service industries for that matter, maintenance of service levels is of utmost importance. Wherever cost cutting is required, do so in areas where, um, you know, hotels, like do so in areas of the hotel that have the least impact on customer service and hotel image. Compromising on standards of service can be dangerous. Perhaps you can introduce unique discounted packages that could be exclusive for your hotel only to attract customers. If customer satisfaction and service quality are negatively affected, it will be more difficult to both maintain your current guests and attract new guests after the recession is over. Of course, not forgetting following the correct protocols and precautions that are set by the government is very important. Well, we all have a responsibility to do our best, stay safe and follow the recommended measures. From social distancing to maintaining hygiene levels, companies should work towards ensuring that they are at the forefront in the fight against this pandemic that is very very essential well then today on bin bag banter we have a very special guest with us um who i would say is the king of the hospitality industry in this part of the world it gives me great pleasure to welcome our very own the owner the founder and the Group Managing Director of Pride Group, Mr. Hasnain Nurani himself. Hasnain, thank you so very much for taking some time out and uh, just being with us and sharing some thoughts from your point of view on being back banter in regards to the pandemic and how it has affected the um, hospitality industry.
1: Mansi, thank you very much for the honor of uh, hosting me at your at, at the prestigious Bien mentor, asana sanan.
0: Well, then, Hussein, um, before we begin, uh, it would be nice if you could just briefly um, explain to us or just tell us, take us through. How did you actually get into this industry? I mean, you've diversified into fuels, you've diversified into cakes, fuels, cakes. I don't know. It's like you know, it's it's a huge. Uh, like a mix up, but I don't know what made you, just tell us more about your journey that brought you here.
1: Uh, Mansi, that's an interesting question. Thank you very much. Um, A lot of my businesses have come about because of um, opportunities that I believed were there. I've been one of those people who have grabbed onto opportunities as and when available and opportunities are created because I could have found them. I could have found that as a need in my life or uh, within my family life, uh, maybe I see that uh, there's an area where I'm not happy with how another company is providing a service. Or maybe there's no company at all that does a similar service. And that's how my opportunities are grabbed. Um, example being at, uh, as, as Pride in, in 2010, uh, I was returning with my friends uh, back from one, of, from one of the cities. And we were going back to Nairobi. And that's when I asked myself that Nairobi had the total upper five stars and uh, the lower end hotels. Uh, For an upcoming businessman like myself, if if I wanted to stay in Westlands, where would I stay? At that time, Westlands had very limited hotels in 2010, and that's where the whole idea of a hundred-dollar hotel came in. And that's how we opened our first hotel of 28 rooms. Obviously, I did not have any hospitality experience by education. I have a master's in manufacturing engineering and management, so it was one of those things that whilst I was just trying to look at opportunities within the manufacturing. Uh, I stumbled upon uh, this opportunity of that there was no mid-tier hotel, more like a $100 hotel, because I wanted a $100 hotel. And uh, that's how I got into the hospitality business with the first hotel, uh, a $100. When I looked at the hospitality industry at that time, I realized for an upcoming businessman like myself, I wanted to have a good night's sleep. When I get up in the morning, a black shower. Once I've had my shower, I wanted to have, once I've changed, I changed, want, I wanted to have a hot breakfast. Business and Wi-Fi, maximum security and food variety, and that's exactly what we focused within our first hotel. And we marketed and we opened in 2011, um, and we marketed as a hundred dollar hotel. And uh, by the grace of Almighty, with a hardworking team and support from our guests and clients, we have grown from one hotel of 28 rooms to eight hotels with over a thousand rooms and conference capacities of over five thousand. And uh, likewise, even Cake City was one of those things in the month of November. I have a lot of birthdays within my family. Uh-huh. And one of those days we were just sitting and we were uh, and, and we were just sitting and having, 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 a, having a chat with my wife. And she tells me, you know what, the cake options in Nairobi are so limited. You know, I wish we could have somewhere we could buy more cakes where I could choose a variety. And suddenly it struck on me that, you know what, we live in a century where why should I go and pick a cake from... Uh, from the bakers you know why do i have to order a cake 24 hours prior and that's how the whole idea of cake city was born and i decided wow. you know what let me just open up a cake city shop uh uh-huh. well uh, you can say so for my wife because she wanted to have more <laughs> cakes and <laughs> i'm hoping she's hearing that um <laughs> she wanted to have a variety of cakes and um that's how the first cake city was born today we boast with uh, with over uh with over 100 varieties of cakes uh we deliver free of charge to homes and that's exactly the kind of service i wanted to pick up of phone call I wanted to pick up up a phone and and, and just call to say that I want this kind of cake, this is a message please deliver it home. And that's exactly what we do. And that is one of the companies that has grown from one branch to now eight branches uh, over a short period of time. We do Uh huge numbers of cakes on daily basis for celebrations, birthdays. Um, So yes, that's exactly where my business has come about. It is now one of those things that I plan. It is as in when I stumble upon an opportunity, I can't, Whenever I see an opportunity, I can't hold myself from grabbing onto that opportunity and trying it out. Saying that, obviously, I've had my fair share of uh, some of the business failures also uh, when I thought that maybe there was an opportunity, but right. it was maybe because only I thought it was an opportunity, but right. no one else thought it was a need. So that's how it is. That's why I go You learn
0: from, you, it's all about experience. You learn from experience.
1: <laughs> well, Bansi, the one thing that, I've always known that I always that, know that I always know is um, you either win in life or you either learn you never lose that's one thing that i always believe in so it's either you win or you learn all right you never lose so whenever i lose whenever i make some bad decisions in business or maybe i've not thought about a decision and i happen to lose money in mm-hmm. business i just pat myself at the back and, and, and tell myself son it's okay you paid your school fees
0: <laughs> that's a good thought that's a beautiful thought uh, has let me ask you has um what are some of the measures you took with your team uh, to be able to sustain and survive when all the borders were closed, uh, both local and international tourism was haywire. How did you guys, I mean, being in the hospitality industry, I'm sure you cannot just close down completely. You have to look after your hotels and your properties in a certain way, especially in, in the cost. Uh, what are some of the measures that you took just for survival purposes?
1: Well, I must mention Bansi, that uh, I am... I I always thank Almighty God, and I'm always very thankful that I have a very excellent and understanding team. The moment this thing happened, obviously we did sit, we did sit down as a team because that's at that point in time you realize it's not a one man decision; it's a whole team that needs to bring in their heads together. We sat down with both our senior level team, our junior level teams, and we had a lot of discussions in terms of what is the best way that we wanted to handle this. Um, and our group has significantly grown because of the team. So we sat down immediately with the team and. We had some discussions. Uh, People realized that, uh, you know, uh, we need to make sure that um, we sustain everyone. No one is left out because, uh, you know, once lives are lost, they can never be returned. But if business and money is lost, that will always be recovered at the later point. And that is exactly the thought process with which we we work our way forward. So immediately, you know, in the hospitality business, sometimes things get busy. So people don't actually get to get the leaves. So first and foremost, we ask people to uh, complete the leaves that uh, they had pending with only a few people that were left at the hotels uh, because we had to ensure cleanliness and uh, cleanliness maintenance was being carried out. Um, And people agreed obviously, uh, because uh, everyone knew, the entire team knew that um, uh, things were tough. And because we have a culture where we care for each other, we are a big family, no one wanted to lose anyone. So what we did is we all agreed to take, uh, everyone agreed to take some element of pay cuts so that everyone could be sustained and no no one needed to be fired. Uh, what we realized is that if people are eating, example, if people are getting a particular salary, they could compromise on the salary and at least everyone has something at the house and no one is, is kicked out of the houses. So yes, um, I think I have, No, I, I know I have a fantastic team and I always appreciate for whatever it is, for whatever they do uh, for the company. Over and above that, we had some quick negotiations with our bankers, suppliers and all of the partners and... We try and uh, maintain good relationships with all of them. And we were very lucky to have people who are very understanding. They step on the others and they compromise with us. And we we came up with some creative and flexible payment plans of things, which really helped us through. Uh, We also had uh, discussions of our clients. Now, I I want to, I would also appreciate that, you know, we have some fantastic clients who also understood the challenges we were going through. And a lot of them agreed to pay us also uh, in advance also. And, and I say in advance, I mean, there are some outstanding payments that were maybe due, but they agreed to maybe to sort out some payments so that could keep us afloat and sustain us. So what I realized is, is that uh, over this um, uh, over this pandemic period, communication is everything, how you communicate and how you how you maintain relationships with people. At the end of the day, it is the relationships that will always sustain you that will always pull you through with, from whatever it is. So before we talk to our clients, we talk to our bankers, suppliers, partners, our employees, our staffs, and that is exactly the channel we went down with. Uh, during the pandemic time, we also uh, sat down to understand our business better because, you know, generally a hospitality business is always a 24 hour business. It's 24 hours, 365 days a year. So we never actually get the time to sit down and to bring home. And that's the time we actually sat down to understand our business better, to understand where we are going wrong, what we are doing right, and we re-engineered our processes. We redesigned our processes. We redefined our processes to ensure that we, once we open, because we knew that we will open at one point in time within a couple of months or whatever it is. So we wanted to be ready for our clients. And we chose to also upgrade our properties. We chose to upgrade our properties, redo our properties, do thorough spring cleaning, You know, do everything that needs to be done to keep our properties ready so that once we open business, we are ready for our clients so so, so so that's exactly what what took us through for the entire uh, when when both local and international tourism was uh, was, was was closed for a while right.
0: Okay, and I, I understand, and I totally agree with you that if you take your staff as family, they will work even harder. They will work even more, they'll be more loyal. So I can totally understand that. Um, Rustin, coming from the hospitality industry, generally, what are some of the major challenges that you face um, in this part of the world, with or without the pandemic? Um, and what could be the way forward in case you do have challenges?
1: Uh actually, the thing is... Um... First, I want to take this opportunity to appreciate His Excellency President Kenyatta and Honorable Balala. They have, uh, over the past couple of years, there's been a fantastic focus on tourism and hospitality in general. And it is because of that you see that regional tourism, international tourism has been on an incline. Um, But at the same time, there's areas that I still believe that in in, in everything that we do, there's always room for improvement. And there's areas that I believe that, um, uh, that can still be worked on. Uh, just to make you understand, Pansi, um, tourism is tourism and agriculture are the two are the two industries that bring allow that that bring about uh, more of a growth in a country or, or growth in a country and in its people. But tourism has to be taken very differently, and I want uh, you and obviously your, your your the audience to also understand that um, you know with tourism and tourism increases when hotels are full okay when when hotels are full. Hotels, we bring in a pool demand. When I say so, a pool demand, think about it. When every example, we have uh, 30 hotels in Mombasa, for instance, if every hotel is operating at 90% occupancies, you can imagine that bars are gonna be full, clubs are gonna be full, taxis, restaurants are gonna be full, and hotels, we purchase everything and anything. So you talk about oils, rice, ration, dry goods, whether you talk about linen, furniture, meats, beverages, hardware, shops, pool chemicals, fuels, oil, gas, now imagine if every single hotel is fully booked all right imagine the kind of demand the pull demand we are going to have to all these industries so when if all these industries have huge demand means that they cannot cater for the international exports automatically meaning that they'll have to expand to cater for the international exports so you can see so you can see that the way we create in uh the way we create those demand strategies which actually grow everyone and then for hotels we are very much uh, people-based. We are not machine-based, we are not robot-based. We, robot we, are, we, are, we are very much people-based. And therefore, the amount of employment we create is directly and indirectly, all right? Um, even now, once we are busy, every industry is busy. Every industry is busy means they have a huge demand. Therefore, there's more employment. So you can see that the amount of money that can be circulated within the industry just by tourism being given a special consideration. True. Now to enable that, you know, we now if once once that happens, the day we are able to achieve a ninety percent occupancy throughout the year for tourism, I can promise you, the growth and the development of the country is going to be huge because everyone has work. When everyone has work, everyone is benefiting out of it. You know, directly, uh, it's a ripple effect. It's a, it's 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 a ripple effect that we cause within the entire economy. Um, and just like the way when we opened Pride in Paradise, we were the first one to have the, the international uh, an international convention center of 2,500 people. Ever since we have opened up, we have pulled in a lot of conferences happening in Mombasa. Now, this alone, when we have a conference of 2,500 people or 2,000 people, uh, that was pre-COVID, we would see that we would only host maybe 100, 200, 300 people. The rest of the people would all be hosted on the nearby hotels. Yeah. Means that if you look at it, everyone gets, everyone benefits out of it. So there has to be a bigger focus on open sky policies. I believe Mombasa International Airport, Malindi International Airport needs to be allowed to have international flights coming in. So that way we can bring in tourism. We need to, you know, I would urge and request the government that we need to focus more on, uh, uh, more on those regional tourism like Nigeria, Uganda, Rwanda, uh, Ethiopia, you know, uh, if we can have more direct connecting flights into Mombasa because these are all landlocked countries. And uh, if we can have direct uh, affordable flights into Mombasa, you can imagine the number of weddings from Ethiopia we would have, the number of uh, uh, just beach tourism that we would have, and that, how that would grow the entire coast region. Uh, we were also looking at uh, you know, how infrastructure and accessibility to a destination is very important. Uh, making sure that we have the right quality of infrastructure within, the, within, within any particular county or region. If you look at Mombasa, you know, I would I would urge the government to be able to look at this Changamwe interchange. You know, that has taken quite a long time to finish. Yeah. And it's really an inconvenience for people to come in into the into Mombasa. At the moment, it's it's, it's a nightmare, you know, right.
0: with the right. traffic
1: creates. You know, if you could urge and request the government that, you know, are we able to try and see how we can fasten that interchange so that the accessibility and the ease of coming to Mombasa would, would be a lot more better. Which means that we can grow tourism, you know, very quickly. I'm sure you have you have had your challenges when uh, going to Nairobi or when coming back from Nairobi.
0: There's no so, road; it's and, just space. <laughs> yes, yes. There's
1: no road, and um, especially when one truck uh, breaks down. Oh my, that's think, a nightmare. After <laughs> that, so. You know, even even this uh, Nairobi Expressway that is being created by the government in Nairobi, that we're going to create, that's going to ease up um, uh, airport accessibility. That's a fantastic investment. And I want to congratulate uh, His Excellency. You know, that's a brilliant uh, thing that's going to happen to Nairobi. And that's really going to boost tourism in the country in general. So uh, we're looking at uh, also, you know, uh, mice tourism. Now to say mice tourism, I don't mean the mice mice, but meetings, incentives, conferences, and exhibitions. If you look at Dubai, this, you know, Dubai, London, these countries survive and thrive on mice tourism. Today, when there's one exhibition, is when there's one exhibition, one exhibition could easily bring in like 100,000 people uh, or maybe fifty to 100,000 people. Like imagine if if 50,000 people came into Mombasa, what would right. happen to Mombasa? Exactly.
0: You
1: know, that would really boom Mombasa or in, 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 in at, at the Kenya coast in general. So we need to uh, put in a little bit of focus on the mice tourism. And I'm glad that you know there has been a there has been a mice bureau that has been uh, already been put into place, the Kenya National Convention Bureau that has been uh, initiated by Honorable Balala, which is something that I believe post COVID uh, would really be of big assistance in uh, increasing tourism. So in general, uh, you know, whilst we also appreciate the Kenya Tourism Board for the fantastic work that they do in marketing Kenya, they've, had, they've come up with innovative measures. But again, there'll be no harm in getting more budget and more finance towards the marketing Kenya. The more we can talk about Kenya, the better it is, the more tourism there is, the better it is. So as much as there are challenges uh, and some of the biggest challenges that are also there is the cost of operating uh, hotels, like the cost of power at the moment. If you look at the cost of power, cost of water. The consistency of power you know the consistency of getting uh, good quality water in the hotels um, so we spend quite a bit of money into doing that now if if the government could be able to come in and subsidize those ones automatically what happens is we are able to subsidize our rates to domestic tourism which means that now you can imagine domestic tourism plus regional tourism plus international tourism the mice tourism if everything comes in together look at the ripple effect it's going to create to the entire industry to all those industries that I mentioned, and the kind of employment that it will create. So yes, those are the areas that I I believe that we need to look at.
0: That's some far-fetched thoughts, (laughs) Hasni. Like, it's very (laughs) impressive. You know, you people like somebody like me, I want to go to a hotel and that's about it. I just want to have a good time. But you you don't realize the amount of work, the amount of things that are, you know, the back office has to take up for us to have a good time at at any hotel for that matter. So yeah, I think it's an eye opener for sure. (laughs)
1: You know, a lot of people assume, you know, a lot of people assume in a hotel it's all about just selling a room that has a bed. But there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes it's ah, just, yeah, like when since, you're watching, just like when you're watching movies you know you you just go and enjoy enjoy the movie but you don't know the what that is going behind the scenes and
0: it's easy for you to say it's a movie. good movie or a bad movie that's it
1: <laughs> yes, yes that's right well, that's i think exactly i'm learning
0: happens. a lot i'm learning a lot through this as well through this interview
1: <laughs> that, that's i'm glad to hear that <laughs> Hassan, uh,
0: you know i have been uh, i've been very keenly following you on social media And uh, it shows that how frustrated the people from the hospitality industry were at one point, after having sent several requests to the respective authorities regarding the sudden movement of restrictions uh, put in place, just when we were all set to have a good Easter break. Um, What have you got to say on this? Where did you feel like maybe we were lacking? Or just generally, what was your thought process when these restrictions just came about? So it was just literally like four to five days before Easter when everybody was set for it.
1: But see, we must, uh, by by, by all means that, uh, you know, during the Easter break, when uh, the sudden uh, travel cessations came in, it obviously hindered on, it it brought about lots of cancellations. Uh, uh, During Easter, we were nearly at uh, 90% and everything got cancelled. But we also must understand where the president and, uh, you know, uh, the the kind of decision making that his excellency, Huru Kenyatta, has to do when it comes to such matters. You know, we appreciate... The fact that the measures that, the, that His Excellency and the, the entire government and his team have taken in making sure that this country is safe. Today, we are able to go on with our normal lives because of the decisions, of the good decisions that they made from the beginning till today. And whilst we understand whether uh, they, they have a lot of focus on the well being of their citizens, all right, their, their priority is the well being of the citizens, uh, I still believe that, you know, uh, like I said initially, the way I've explained to you tourism, the ripple effect it causes. You know, uh, a bird's eye view can be taken, but a bird's eye view plus tourism view should be taken in together and in, 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 in jointly, you know, for any future decisions because such rapid or immediate travel cessations really harm the tourism industry. So my question at that time was that, okay, we are, our international borders are open and we are allowing people coming in from internationally. So why would why wouldn't we allow the local borders to continue operating As long as because we were allowing people coming into the country with the negative PCR certificate. So if you're allowing people coming into the the country with a negative PCR certificate, there should be no reason as to why they should be restricted for moving around the country with the same negative PCR certificate. And alternatively, that could be the minimum criteria for being able to move around rather than just just doing a blanket, uh, uh, just doing a blanket travel So. That's where I believe that uh, maybe a bit more consideration could have been taken. Saying that we do appreciate the president that uh, within the month itself uh, he he allowed he he opened up everything again. But we just request and we urge and uh, you know we request that in the uh, whenever in such decisions uh, because in the even if such decisions have to be taken, you know uh, let tourism be given a focus also in terms of what are the implications on tourism, and uh, and because as tourism players we are very stringent as hotels we are very stringent when it comes to maintaining the health and safety protocols uh we do not pay around in fact uh, hotels are one of the safest places to be in because the amount of sanitization that we have the amount of so the, the way we try and social distance the way the, and the kind of measures we put into place to ensure that uh, uh people are being kept safe you know in terms, in terms of our room sanitization and everything so uh uh, we hope that such a scenario doesn't come in again we pray to almighty god that uh, you know that this covid eventually now gets out from our lives and uh, we're able to control it and be able to uh, make sure that it is uh, all the vaccinations have been given and that people are able to do uh, people are able to get back to their normal lives because a lot of livelihoods are being affected uh but in the event uh we we feel that uh, let tourism whenever a uh, view has to be taken it has to be bird's eye view plus the tourism view right how would it affect? And I believe that should solve in a lot of problems because if tourism is closed today, every other industry would get affected for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. as simple as that. Um, and uh, if tourism is, is, as long as tourism is operational, every other industry would remain operational.
0: Right. Thank you, Asneen. And uh, if I were to ask you, how is the Pride in group different from the others? What would you have to say?
1: Uh, Bansi, there are three things that differentiate us. All right. One is all our companies within the pride group, where they talk about pride fuels, cake city, pride in hotels and resorts, uh, where they talk about pride Travel, our current company, glory safaris. Um, all our companies, we are excessively observed. We are, we are excessively obsessed with service, experience, and variety. This is what we known as our OSave policy. Obsessively, yeah. <laughs> we, are, we are obsessed with service, experience, and variety. How do we ensure that every guest that we host within our hotels, how do we ensure that we give them service? We are obsessed in terms of an an obsessive service, making sure that they are always taken care of. How do you give them the experience that they should, that they need? Because when you come to a hotel, you are coming in for a unique experience. We cannot give you the same experience as you get at home. And likewise, uh, in terms of variety, how do we ensure that we give you the right variety of things to do? Your kids need to have variety of games to play. You need to have a variety of uh, things to do within the hotel, whether it is in terms of spa, whether it is in terms of beach, whether in terms of whatever it is, you know. Uh, So, and that way, because we are a team that is so obsessed with uh, service, experience, and variety, we strive to deliver exceptional product at an outstanding value, which is what differentiates us from all of our, uh, as as pride group. Number two is uh, we have a slogan within the group. We make serious business Fun now, what we and what I mean by saying that is we if all our people are spending majority of their time, they're living a miserable life. They're living a miserable life. So we make sure that we are making serious business fun, and we make sure that our entire team is enjoying whilst they are working. So we train. We train hard, we work hard, we play hard, and we empower well also, making sure that our people have the authority and the rights to make decisions when they are talking to you. We have cut out bureaucracies within our organizations. Bansi, do you like maths?
0: I used to at one point. (laughs)
1: I, can I ask you a math question? Okay, let me give you a math formula that I that I let me let me, let me give you a maths formula that I, that I that I that I keenly work with on a daily basis. Okay, maybe you'll start loving maths after I tell after you my math formula. <laughs> my math formula is, is simple: is is happy staff is equal to happy customers. Okay. Happy customers is equal to happy business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Happy business is equal to happy profits. Happy profits is happy everyone
0: right so that's it's simple maths that's, <laughs>
1: that's, you don't have to use your fingers to play any you know, i
0: was ready with my pen <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is what differentiates us in terms of our companies
0: that's that's a beautiful thought you know i mean and i i understand the fact that you know you guys uh, you take decisions collectively it's not just a matter of having the management take decisions and you follow it you want everyone's input and it matters equally so I think that's, that's oh, yeah. a very good thing. That's, that's some of the things that I think bosses should learn, that every um, opinion should be taken into consideration. So I'm, I'm very impressed with that, Haslam.
1: And, and, um, and, and, and once I've told you that, uh, remember, we are still yet learning. You know, I'm not saying that we are 100% perfect in everything that we do. We are still, uh, as we move on, we still try and learn. We still try and understand how do we do things better, how do we you know, get things. So yes, it's a learning curve, and sure. every day is a new learning experience.
0: Thank you, Asnade. And now, before we say a goodbye, um, any last message that you would like to tell our listeners, our viewers, what could be your motto in life that maybe people could learn from you? Anything, just the last, final message before we say goodbye?
1: I would say, uh, there's one thing that I would say is, uh, and I would tell uh, to all the listeners, is that follow your passion in whatever you do, no matter what. Because when you do what you're passionate about, work becomes like a holiday, all right? And since you enjoy what you are doing and are having fun, you will do whatever it takes.
0: Right.
1: Understand? you'll do whatever it takes to deliver excellence. It's simple. When you follow a passion, your working becomes like a holiday. Okay. Now, because it's like a holiday, you will go to any extent and you'll do whatever it takes to deliver excellence. When you deliver excellence, success and money will chase you, will hug you, will kiss you, will do whatever you want it with you. Right, Ooh. and and that's why I see a lot of times people are people, you know, and people complain that they don't like where they work or they don't like what they do. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I would give them uh, uh, my personal experience and uh, my personal tip. Not that uh, my personal tip is that you know keep on looking for something that you are extremely passionate about. Don't just work for the sake of working. I work because you are passionate about something. And when you because if you're going to spend your majority of your life working. Why work at a place where you don't enjoy all right it's simple as that so that is my uh more like a message to all the listeners um and uh to all the, to all the listeners and viewers and uh, and i can and and if they, if they follow on that their life automatically becomes enjoyable
0: perfect Husband, thank you thank you so much i think I don't know. Personally, I've learned a lot that this is what hospitality industry is all about. It's a lot of hard work. It's not just about the nice bed and the nice view of the beach or anything. A lot goes in there. And hats off to all of you who um, are working so hard to ensure that guests are safe when they come in uh, to your premises. Thank you, Hasnain, for your time. Uh, It's a pleasure. It was a pleasure. to have. Just
1: one last message. I just want to say, appreciate all of our guests and clients, and uh, to all the viewers. Uh, you know, uh, they've been really supporting us in every possible manner, whether it be on Cake City, whether it's be on Pride Inn. And in fact, the moment uh, when uh, when the last year's lockdown happened, after that, uh, when things opened up again, we were we, we got support very quickly from from all the guests. You know, from everyone, from all our clients. And it is because of their support that uh, we are looking at uh, uh, that that we are where we are today. And we still have an aggressive vision ahead of us. Uh, We are looking at putting up a hotel in every major county within Kenya. To be precise, we're looking at another 10 hotels over the next couple of years. We believe in the hospitality Ah. industry. We believe in in Kenya in in the country. We believe in the administration. And we believe that our investments cannot go anywhere but Kenya. Um, So this is what we did. And uh, we look forward to support from everyone at all times.
0: Exactly. And that's why I called you the king of hospitality. It was not just like that. I knew what I was saying.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Thank you, Hasnain, for your time. And uh, it was a, a pleasure to good. have you on Being Back Banta. Thank you so much.
1: You're most welcome. Thank you. Have a, fun. Have, a, have a wonderful day.
0: You too, Hasnain. Thank you. And we shall speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode today. It was all about the pandemic and how this pandemic has affected the hospitality industry. I would love to know from you, my dear listeners, what did you think of this episode? Please feel free to get in touch with me and share your thoughts. You can find me on Insta. My ID is binbagbanta. You can um, find me on Facebook. My ID is bansibhat. Or you can just send me an email. Drop me a line. My email address is binbagbanter at gmail.com. I'd love to know your thoughts and I'd love to read your comments as well. Feel free to get in touch with me anytime. And if you have not yet subscribed to my YouTube channel, again, I suggest you do that right away. Jaldi, Jaldi. Binbagbanter is the name of my YouTube channel. Well then, thank you for listening to Bin Bag Panther with Bunseeputt. It is always a pleasure to have you all on board. Love you all.